Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Okay, well, this is our second segment, uh, the Magical Radio, or whatever this hell this is called, Magical Podcast. Uh, we, we've uh, got the Matuda boys still here. We've, they're going to hang out here, and uh, we're going to uh, listen to um, uh, Alexis give us a pitch. Alexis pitched before. Nick, what's the deal about Alexis? Uh, Alexis was part of the Uber pitch um, in Sydney, the Sydney League anyway, and... Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's he, he. I think you, you invited him on the show, I and did, yep. I he emailed me sometime last year, and it slipped through the cracks a bit. So um, I thought we'd get him back first show back just to sort of talk more about his business because it was actually one of your favourites. It I was, yeah, correctly. yeah, yeah. Mad pause. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, good idea. Business, good, good so. demand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, a lot of our listeners out there probably have pets, and they're probably in the need of of his service, or might want to be interested, or might even be interested in investing in his business. So. We thought we'd get him back and talk more about his what's going on. Okay, from Belgium to Bondi, we've got Alexis. Go on, mate. Give it Hello. us. All right, Mark, we're going on holidays. Just holiday season over, but where shall we go? Byron Bay. Byron Bay, perfect. Well, if you had a dog, what is going to happen with the dog when you're in Byron Bay? Well, you can put him the dog in a kennel with several hundreds of other dogs, but the dog may not be that happy. You can ask your family, your parents-in-law, but they may not be that happy. They have to reschedule, whatever. Um, so what we do is you can find a pet sitter on our website, a reliable pet sitter that's going to look after your dog or your cat in your own neighborhood. Airbnb for dog. Absolutely. Airbnb for dog. So great for the pet owners. They know their dog is with a reliable pet sitter. Great for the, for the dog or the cat because they get the personal love and care they need. And great for that pet sitter because they actually get money for doing what they love, looking after. Is there any license required for this? There is no license required, but of course uh, you need to have experience with pets and and love them. That that should be the the main motivation, right? So how do you vet your pet sitters? Well, we make sure... Vet the pet. They fill out out a questionnaire where we assess their experience. They upload photos of of them them with pets. Caring for other pets. (laughs) (laughs) See me caring for other pets. What about if you get a pedophile pet sitter? (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you get worried about the pedophilia and pet sitters, or do you have to be careful with this sort of? Well, we we have we have not had that for for now. Um, <laughs> our vetting team has scouted Royal them out, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's sounds a, like a start of a Batuta article. Yeah, so, so yeah. I just thought of Batuta. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so so just to get it clear now, Alexis. Sure. So what your business model is is that um, if you find people come to you. To mm-hmm. your website or to your business, and I guess it's your website, and they offer themselves as a pet sitter. Absolutely. You you go and vet them or whatever. You tell them what the, the fares are. In other words, you tell them what the tariff no, is. No, they set the wrong they prices. Set, they set it. Just like on Airbnb. And how do you make money? You take clip? I'll take 15% of that in oh, exchange for offering free insurance, in exchange for um, doing the customer support, in free, exchange free for. Free insurance? What's the insurance cover? Um, if something goes wrong with the pet. Yeah, right. If, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Traumatized. Trauma- yeah. you know. If the pet runs and uh, <laughs> you can't a really, fancy like, car crashes, it's interesting. Like, yeah, a, pe- a pet is a very, you, you know, I know that there are breeds of animals, but you can't really ensure the value, uh, you know, that someone's no, but, value uh, to their pet. No, but, I'll get you another poodle, mate. Like, no, but you, you, you do get new for old replacement. <laughs> <laughs> what about my? I reckon I, I'm too cheap. Though. I go market value of the pet at the time. So, it's, so okay. So, how's it going? So. 
Like, how's the business going? Or is this just a is this a pitch and this is a business you want to set up? What are you doing? No, no. We started this one um, year and three months ago. And it's been going well. We have… Name of the business? Mad Paws. Mad Paws. Absolutely. Yep. How so, many pet sitters have you got on there? 4,000 now. 4,000? 4, 4, I've heard about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got people doing it. Oh, nice. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So it's Airbnb. Really, what you're doing is you're saying there's spare space for animals to be looked after. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. And so they go, they go to, the, they go to the, the, um, the pet sitter's house. They live at the pet sitter's house, basically. Like if I've gone away on holiday, yep. I'll send my pet to the pet sitter's place and he'll look after him at his house. Absolutely. He or, come to my house. Or they can house. come to your house. Oh, they can. It's up to you. We, we have um, pet sitters offering uh, both options. Or yeah. live at your house. Live at your house, yeah. Oh, fuck that. They'll look yeah, after no. your house. Yeah, no, they want to pay me for that. No, no, no. No, 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 no I'd rather send my dog away. I don't have a dog, but I'll send my dog away. Yeah, so, so that's what, what so, most and, people and do. And, and do you then offer vet services and do, do you have all those ancillary services built into your business model? Um, so that, that is, of, of course, why we're, why we're building in it now. We, we really focused on that core value proposition, the pet sitting. Because pet, pet owners buy lots of stuff for their pets. So Absolutely. Can you imagine, like, you send your dog off and it is a poodle for, for those people who love poodles. Um, you send your poodle there, and when you come back from holidays, your poodle's all washed, groomed, has a new bow in its thing, a brand new leash, and the pet owners, you know, like there's an option you can buy this sort of stuff, or you can get this package. This is the package you get, you know. You the upsell, pay- basically. The upsell, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, look, so we're slowly going there, but we thought it was really important to really focus on the core yeah, exactly. problem, get which the- is the pet sitting. Yeah. Do that first, nail that first. Um, so you got 4,000 pet sitters yep. across Australia, Australia wide, nationwide. Yeah, 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 and and if, what, what's your. Um, you know, turnover, like, don't tell me the numbers, but how many, how many pets are being looked after on an annual basis or annualised now? What do you think? Well, obviously, it, this, grows, this it grows very, very fast, but... Um, Last year, how many um, how many transactions did you have? Well, I, I would need to, to look for the exact numbers, but, but what's important now is that it's actually growing 50% per month. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, very fast. So, I imagine it's pretty busy now. It, it is it is very busy. And what, and what are you yeah, going to yeah. do? do? Do you have to go around and supervise and monitor? I mean, sort of, you you know, is this, Alexis, oh, g'day, I'm just checking on uh, pet number 23. How's, I mean, how do you do it? Do you do it, it actually is very, it's very much like that. It's... Um, uh, we're building, of course, a scalable technology business, but in the beginning, I think it's really, really important to hold everyone by their hand and indeed call them up. So it's not just putting a pet owner and a pet sitter in, in contact with each other and take 15%. It's actually uh, making so sure everything works the morning, well. The pet's whinging, uh, you know, uh, can, what, what do I do to get this sort of stuff? People are panicking, like what do I do if the pet's got a temperature? Uh, yeah. What do I do? So <laughs> we, we, get, we get phone calls like that, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine you would. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Ninety-nine percent of the time, everything is fine, but <laughs> yeah. it should be right. That's right. Give it a Panadol. That'd be right. Crush up with Panadol. <laughs> Have you had any incidents? Anything cool you want to tell us about? Like, give us some sort of, give us a, a scoopy. And I'm going to give a scoop. Well, um, no massive in- incidents, but we definitely had. Uh, you know, it's a numbers game. If you, when you reach. Large numbers every here and there. Something. Yeah, goes, something's going to happen. Something's yeah. going to happen. But we didn't have any any deaths. We didn't have any serious injuries. So that, that's all mm. good. We had, um, you know, interesting. What interesting about if we get jealousy in the family? So I uh, I send my pet to someone who's got another pet, and the pet thing. Mm. You know, like, and let's say it's a Staffordshire Terrier who owns who, who's the who's Jake's dog is a Staffordshire Terrier, and I've got a poodle, right? Sure. And I send my poodle over to Jake's place, and. Uh, the Staffordshire Terry gets a little bit antsy about it. Says, "Hang on, what's going on here? I mean, how do you did you have those sorts of incidents? Yeah, jealousy, definitely. definitely. Not all, not all dogs definitely get along. So or my, or my poodle comes back pregnant. What happens then? Ooh, we didn't have that one. <laughs> Haven't you? I sure? should build Staffy a procedure poodle around cross. Staffy poodle cross. Oh, I'd like to see that. <laughs> 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 but have you had any incidents like this? Come on, we want somebody in from here. Come on, let's make you famous, Alexis. Come on, what, come on, tell me something. Ooh. Look, we'll definitely have very demanding dogs that need, um, you know, almost need uh, a different yeah, dress code every day, that need food yeah. at a particular minute. That that's, needs... that's interesting. There's some high-maintenance dogs Absolutely. out there. Yeah, like, I mean, does your, does your platform allow for, like, you know, um, uh, nth degree detail as to, like, what they need? Like, I mean, you know, some some, some dogs out there, they have little outfits. They eat, um, they eat like, you know, uh, I remember mum. Used to feed mugger yeah. cooked bacon. I remember. <laughs> I, said, I said, "Why don't you bother cooking it? Like, you'll eat it like yeah, you'll yeah. eat it raw." She goes, "No, no, no. He likes it cooked." <laughs> <laughs> so we, had a, well, we had dad built this teppanyaki bar at a house that we lived in, right? And um, 
you know, I don't think we ever. I think the only. Per, only it was so nice. Was, it was perfectly beautiful, polished stainless steel. Yeah, it the cost only time me forty dollars. Was to cook my dog <laughs> meals. <laughs> yeah, 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 me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, ta- I've tasted it's. It's not bad actually. It's a Chinese delicacy. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We, we love Mugger. We would never cook him. Um, but uh, he's dead. Hey, he's well, dead. Oh, he's dead, isn't he? Yeah, he's. We, oh, we loved. I said loved. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, is there like I mean, I'm, I imagine there's some pretty um like crazy amount of um detail and description that ne- that that needs that needs to go on your site to find the right pet sitter pet, pet sitter who is um capable and qualified for handling that high maintenance pet or high maintenance pet owner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's where uh, you know the matching mechanism is so great, right? Yeah, you can right. find a very high maintenance dog or dog owner. Yeah. You can find a very high maintenance uh, pet sitter. And for example, I was receiving over the Christmas holidays photos of the Christmas party that um, one of our pet sitters was organizing for all the guest pets with indeed cooked bacon and yeah. uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Tailor-made oh, suits for the for the dogs and all that sort it of needs stuff. Needs to be crispy yeah. bacon as well. You can't undercook it. And, and yeah. do you have? Do, I mean, can you see this sort of morphing into an RSVP for uh, pets, like you know, uh, uh, or a, <laughs> a matchmaking, or even something matchmaking better than that, like yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tinder for pets. <laughs> you take the, you take your your, your staff. You know, this conversation deteriorated quickly. I mean, seriously. I mean, like because you know, like pets need to have need to socialise. Yeah, dogs, cats. I don't know about cats, yeah. but dogs need to socialise. I can. I, I imagine right now people socialise in the common park where everyone goes to get the dogs walk, and mm. you go up there and you sort of gingerly walk up there with your dog, hoping the dog doesn't do a crap somewhere because you're gonna have to pick it up. Yeah. And uh, you see all the other dogs up, and you're not sure whether they're all cool, and you're not sure if you can actually get over there with your dog. I mean, do you encourage this sort of stuff on your over time? Will you encourage this sort of stuff like dog meets, dog uh, absolutely communities, absolutely. And, and typically, what does it typically what does it cost to 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 put a pet sitter with you with one of your pet sitters versus a kennel? Yeah, somewhere. so about twenty-five to thirty dollars a day. Whereas, um, you know, kennels, of course, there is a range, but it, that can be the double of this price. Oh, they yeah. pick it up too. I mean, just the pickup costs of. I mean, I have had a yeah, dog yeah. had to get uh, minded, and they come pick the bloody dog up, and it's they were down in um or down down uh, down past Cronulla or Sutherland, this particular one, and it's a well-known one, and uh, it just costs a hundred bucks just to get a transporter there. Otherwise, you had to drive there yourself, and it was an hour there, an hour back. So that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, and right. you'd like to know it's in the local area because they're going to take it to the local park. Exactly. Where the dogs used to go on. They stay in their own neighbourhood, play with their own So um, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're providing access, cheaper price, um, and, but basically the same service. And, and the service has a little bit more sort of personality attached to it. So that's a typical disruptor. How big is, is, the, how big is the market you're chasing? Like, like well, potentially, sure. how, how much top line is there for you to take? Well... So if you look at um, the kennel size, people putting dogs and cats in kennels and, and yeah, yeah. services there, it's $750 million, but then... Is that domestically? That's domestically, but then Australia, if you look at wow. it, almost, um, I would say, 9 out of 10 people that come to us did have never used kennels before because it's just a no-go for them. Yeah. So therefore, they use family and friends or they use yeah. you know some somewhere here and there and pay them not necessarily... With invoices and so on, so the actual market size is several times bigger, and we estimate it in being several billion dollars. Batuta? Well, you, you hear about um, you hear about blokes like I've got a mate who's was, who's asked to fly down to Melbourne and stay there for two months because someone had to leave their pet at home. Like, you know, that, that's cost them money to to host him in their house, and and uh, you know that that was a you know that's an example. Everyone's always house sitting somewhere, you know. Come back yeah, to their yeah. place, we're you know house sitting after the pub, you know. We got this sick place down in Potts Point or whatever like that, you know that. <laughs> That happens, and it's an inconvenience to people. Sometimes they have to pay people to stay in their house with their pets. Mm. I mean, it sounds like you're cutting out a lot of the uh, the admin involved of going on a holiday. You mean it's a good business? Mm. Do you like the model? I think it complements everything. You, you could then get them, you get your pet out of your house and have someone come in on Airbnb and it'd pay itself. Who's, more, got, a, who's got a pet here? Yeah, who has got a pet here? Nah. No? No. <laughs> Jake, <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you've, you've come to the wrong... Studio, mate. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 when, we, when we did the um, uh, Uber day, the pitch day, and we were asked which pitches um, impressed all of us, and we all had different sort of views on it. Um, but Mad Pause is one of the ones that impressed me because I actually think it's sort of quite simple but has a massive demand for it. Absolutely. And I can actually see a lot of upsells on it, lots mm. of extra stuff to do. Mm. And you can have some fun with it too. Like I said, I mean, you can – 
You can do, you know, RSV. I mean, you can play games with it. I yeah. mean, I think, to be frank, frank with you, you need to actually make it a little bit more sexy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm saying it's not sexy, but, you know. But I, I think you not should have sexual, more. Not sexual, but sexy. <laughs> yeah, not sexual. <laughs> but I think you need to have some more fun with it to be, just to break through and get people talking about it. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, you nearly need to run an RSVP or, or whatever um, for for your thing and then go to someone like Batuta and get them to play a game with it, you know. and uh, Definitely. You know, like you need to have people talking. And if you did something really crazy with it and just said, look, you know, we, you know, we sent a dog there and come away pregnant, but it was actually the, the owner of the dog that was being sitted was quite happy because um, it was an upgrade. It was an upgrade in terms of uh, genetics. And and somehow you sell the story into the Today Show or something. Um, it's a silly story, but they, they, they might say, this is cool. This is a good summer story. You know, yeah, I mean, we've got advertising guys here. What do you guys think? Absolute sicko makes a living. Uh, pet sitting 20 cats, you know, like that's, that, that, that's a story in itself. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I can just sort of see it and I think you need to do it. I don't think you need to do it, but it would help your – I think it would help your awareness program. Yeah. And have you got any limits on how many you can have? Like because like, I, I know that there would be in anything there's going to be someone who you're going to have to cut off and it's going to be someone who wants to house sit 20 cats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, we definitely had that as well. And they're effectively cattle, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got little boxes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wait, what would you advertising guys say to him, like, you know, brand awareness? Because he's got a good business. It's a good business model. It, it makes sense mathematically. But in, people got to know about it. So where would you get an awareness for him? I'd, I'd drive the... Um, the um, the idea of a holiday. This is going to make everything easier. Like I think that's that's a big thing um, with with what you're with what you've got here is um it, it's just like all of this stuff in the shareable economy. It's making it easier for you, and it's mm-hmm. and and there's money. You know, people are making money somewhere along the line. Yeah, consumer side. It's definitely you know. Um you know, the, 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 make the value of the holiday more. I mean, people stress out about where their pets are going to Yeah, your house sorted. You've got your dog there. Um, and then on the on the supply side of things, it's just simply uh, revenue. It's a, it's a, it's a, a livelihood. Well, it's also – but a lot of people like companionship. Yeah. I mean, they actually quite like the idea of having a pet in the house because yeah. I, I don't know what did that down the road. He went and I, I, said, I said, he said, this is my sister's dog. He's staying with him. And Your I sister, just, I didn't know I had a daughter. Your sister, dog. A friend of mine, a friend oh, okay. of mine's sister. He, I, he had, I went down. He lives just down the road on Ithaca Road. They're down at Potts Point, and um, I was over at his place the other day. And there's a dog there. I said, "Whose dog is this?" He goes, "It's my sister's dog. She's away." And I said, um, "Why don't you?" I said, "She lives with your parents. Your parents. Are, she lives with the parents." I said, "Why don't you just leave it at your parents' place?" And he said, "Oh, I actually wanted it here. I requested to have the dog here with me." You know, so yeah, no, not my bag, but dog yeah. convention is pretty cool. Yeah. What do you got in mind, Charlie? I can see you're going to uh, jump all over this. Oh, well, uh, who are the people who are typically using your service? Like, are they older people who might be? As pet owners, it's a bit of everything, high spread, yeah. but average age 35 years old. The owners and, uh, the owners and 80% female. And Alexis, you don't have a pet yourself. No, right now. Um, <laughs> Funny, but uh, in in Belgium, my family definitely did. And yeah, right. but here, um, I I have been pet sitting, and it's just been a yeah, okay. great oh, insightful experience. Job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And it uh, allows me to combine the business, of course, with uh, yeah. you know still being. Are you an active pets. pet sitter on Mad Paws? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have done it, but uh, yeah. now a little bit less active because business has been very busy and wanna, of course, we yeah. promise. Personal love and attention, so I should be able to have the time to, to do exactly yeah, that. Yeah, too busy. To so, have. given that you're 35 year old, what do you reckon, Charlie? Well, I reckon I'd be more inclined to use this sort of service if it existed in my world as a 35 year old female. Whereas, <laughs> you know, it, it would be good to uh, to approach that audience where they're most comfortable and. Most, you know, I probably don't know this for sure, but most 35-year-old women tend to exist in terms of advertising space in almost their own world. I mean, you can approach them in things that they find comfortable, like uh, daytime television, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Choo Shoes. Yeah. The Bachelor bachelor would be a Bachelor, yeah, yeah. but if if you were to... um, But it'd be good to approach, you know, that's like like that animal sort of sort of market there because you've already got people coming to websites about animals and dogs and rather there, and then you can 
hit them there while they're already there. Like pet barn? You mean you're talking yeah. about those, yeah. those sorts like, of people? Like, yeah, like oh, where people who own pets go. Like parks, pet stores, you, pet you, shops. But like, you know, cat cats, you know, the, 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 cats account for so much internet traffic. You know, yeah. videos yeah, of cats, yeah. memes of cats. There's, there's Instagram accounts dedicated to cats. There is... Those cats doing that. Yeah, yeah those... 200 million people will follow a, a, <laughs> no, someone's account. Toy, he talking yeah. about yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. that, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that. <laughs> In the back of the windows. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, there's Instagram accounts with 200 million followers yeah. dedicated to someone's cat. Bullshit. Cute. No, no, dead set. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a weird thing. It's a multi-million thing, but it's a, dollar it's a fucking thing. industry. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, just get a, you could go straight through socials, you know. Mm. Was that, there's that dog with, with the you could even like, You, know, that's, that's you could one. even start, like, I mean, like, you know, I reckon you could even do a deal with, like, um, you know, sellers of, of, of pet food. To have, like, you know, you could, you could say, listen, listen, I'll... Supply me with the, um, you know, supply the pet sitters with the pet food uh, during the stay type thing and say, listen, yeah, I fed your dog this during the, the pet stay. Pet superfoods. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and Raw then, pet food. Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> and, you know, it, like nothing's ridiculous in, in, know, in, pet, in pet ownership land, you know. Mate, like, that's why I thought this yeah. is a great business because yeah. I could just see so much expanse yeah. coming like, from it. Like yeah. it's just. Cat memes is where you need <laughs> to Cat memes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I. Uh, I like the, the Ewok cat suits. Yeah, <laughs> or the, you know the one where it looks like an Ewok. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you only do cats and dogs at the moment? Um, we have to, we had some uh, more exotic animals. We had a little pig once. We had uh, things like that. But yes, focus snakes. Definitely. I'm gonna make it used to have a snake. Ninety nine percent over there. Because you can't. And with, like, he, like I mean, with snakes, you can't actually. He had like a little habitat at his <laughs> yeah. house, and he used to feed him rats and all sorts Oof. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. What but. About uh, Birds, any, yeah. any birds? Yeah, we had some birds. Yeah. yeah. When I was when I, many years ago, it must be like five or six years ago, my sons bought me a pig for uh, Father's Day or something like that. And uh, and it was on the base of the, the George Clooney pig. No, George it's supposed Clooney. to be a my, uh, teacup pig. But it was, it was this little pink pig, right? And the name was Curly or something like that. Little pink pig, right? And, uh, and I would have needed a business like yours because I ended up putting it, I had it at my farm. And the whole idea was this pig just to follow me around the house because I was living at the farm by myself and it just to hang out with me. And uh, the fucking pig grew as big as this table. It's got, it was a monster. <laughs> and it ate everything. We had to actually build a pen for it, a cage. It used to live it, with a goat. And we, we put it, we, we had a goat as well, but the goat got attacked by wild dogs and it couldn't get up off its front legs. So the goat and the, the goat used to crawl around on its elbows. And the pig used to walk around and just sort of dig up everything. And we had the pig and the goat living together in this particular. It was like the odd couple, you know. Yeah. Like you go in there and they, there's a, a sense of comrade. Like you, you go yeah, they weren't the lonely. Pig, you go after the pig and the goat would rear up and uh, <laughs> quite protective, yeah, quite protective yeah. of each other. It was a very weird. Oh, I mean, that was sold to you as a, that was sold to you as a teacup piglet. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they well, lied to you when it grew out to a full size pig. Who bought it? Who bought it? Alex or Dane? I can't remember. But maybe it was Dane. It was came, no joke. It came as big. I thought that's cute. I thought it was never going to grow. It got fucking huge. It was yeah. a monster. It was a big. It, turned, it was turned, it came out. Started off pink and ended up being black and white and really ugly. Yeah, and it was huge. Disgusting animal by the end of it. We had to give it away to a pig farmer. <laughs> and it was a female, and so and, and but I would have, you know, like a, someone who could have minded my pig would have been a good out because like the pig got lonely. That's the problem. So we had to put. That's why we put the goat in there. The pig actually got lonely, and uh, we ha- and and we couldn't sort of keep it happy. It was depressed. That's, that's, depressed that's, that's, that's an angle you could go for, like you know, an uber black of of, of mad paws. Is you could offer an agricultural element where a horse can be put in a stable or that kind of stuff. Because that you know you'd get cash. That, that money would move around looking after a you know a family's. You know, that, that's a, you know, I don't know what kind of farm, like you were talking, is that Southern Highlands or like? No, uh, Byron Way. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah so it's kind of, well. yeah, so it's. Um, do, you, do, you, do you have ideas for how you, like, I mean, do you, do you, if you had, if someone gave you a whole heap of money, could you, could you spend it tomorrow? Like, have you got, you know, ways that you think you can grow the business that requires capital? I feel like are we're you, pitching to you. Are you looking for, an, like, what, what are you looking no, for no. at the moment? So I mean, currently, you, currently we're good, we raised uh, yeah. $1.1 million, which oh, wow. allowed us to scale the team and uh, scale marketing right. channels. And so that's where we're at right now. Um, yeah. And super interested to hear all these creative ideas. Yeah. Um, and, uh, what kind of we'll valuations do you get the, the million bucks at? What was the... Well, how much you give away? Yeah. We keep that a little bit confidential, but okay. it's, it's fair for all parties involved. Uh, yeah, sure. Of course, of course you're going to yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, judging by the smile that's still on your face, you probably got a quite, st- you probably achieved quite a high valuation for your business. That's pretty cool. 
fair for everyone involved. Yeah. And mostly, <laughs> mostly excited with, with what we can do with that with our money right now. Absolutely. I think we can. Yeah. So you, you've, you've got you've got places to spend it. You're going to deploy that. Capital Absolutely. We have been testing easy. lots of marketing channels before. Yeah. Um, and there are much more great ideas as you guys have been. Yeah. Been, I don't been see in a year's time. Right? I want you to come in a year's time and tell us what you've done in, in sixteen. This time next year. Um, I reckon it's a growing. Yeah. I reckon you're yet to. I reckon your market's there, but it's yet to be uncovered. Type sure. thing. You're like you, you'll you'll create this. They're all there, but they they don't know. They're not spent because you're like sort of like a first mover. They're not really there spending money. On Unless your, we're too much, yeah. we're building him up too much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's getting on to someone else. I've heard about <laughs> it. I've heard about it. And if someone was in that situation, I'd be able to find you guys. I mean, yeah. Mad Paws didn't come to mind immediately, but once I heard you, 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 your bag, I knew who you were, and I'd heard about you. So it's kind of it's there. Everyone's kind of knows yeah. about this, this service you got. So. Yeah. Anyway, let's get uh, Michael Fraser. Too much, uh, too much, we're giving him too much airtime. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. And I uh, appreciate the brainstorming. Very <laughs> so M- Michael's been waiting over there patiently to ha- um, have a chat to us today. He's probably one of the – I've, I've never seen, I've never seen um, anyone that does what Michael does and in the fashion that Michael does it. <laughs> um, so I thought, you know, he, he got in contact with us and he, you know, he liked the cut of our jib and – you know, from what from our conversations over the phone and this morning, I, I like the cut of his jib too, um, mate. Tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Basically, I just um, I don't like corporations behaving badly. So when and they mostly do, yes, uh, and so when when uh, a lot of people start jumping up and down about something, and uh, it appears that there's a lot of victims. Um, I sort of start having a poke around and see if I can have a chat with the company, which they always say no. Um, well, uh, after you the... talk about the transgressor, yes, you talk to the transgressor. Okay, yeah. So they uh, they're often not very chatty. So they they shut right down. And you don't get anything, and you, mm. um, you basically um, they they send you back through to the channel that already failed. That's the typical routine. So you know, oh, all the people that didn't get what they needed. They need to go back to the process that you're telling us failed and try that. That's the solution. And So what would you describe yourself as in three words, four words? Consumer advocate, activist, troublemaker. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good four words. Pest. Pest. <laughs> Diggers rest. Pest. So, but, 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 and, and what's the outcome you're trying to achieve for the person you're being an activist for or the group you're being an activist for? Aaron Brockenbridge. Well, it's 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 kind of like that. It's about you know, in the case of like with the Seven Eleven people, I I found out people were being underpaid at Seven Eleven, and I looked at it and I discovered that it wasn't one store; it was over six hundred stores. So it was systemic. Systemic, yeah. So, and so it was purposeful and strategic, therefore. Yeah, very, very, very um, organised. What was the um, number of what was the do- the dollar value of the of of money held? Saved, I guess, on Seven Eleven's part, and lost on the, on behalf of the employees and the franchise owners. Well, conservative estimate would suggest that every bit of profit that the owner has, yeah. um, it all came from underpayment. Yeah, <laughs> so sure. yeah. we looked at it. It could be any anywhere from you know eighty million to one hundred and fifty million in underpayment per mm. year. Mm. And what was the outcome? I mean, you you you've obviously you've dug it up. So what, what happened? Um, the owner stepped down as the um, chairman of the board. Um, the CEO stepped down, the operations manager stepped down. They, the uh, franchise agreement that they said was perfectly fine has now been changed to the tune of about $65 million extra to the franchisees a year. There's a compensation program which we hope that more than 5,000 people will come for for back pay, but there's as many as maybe 15,000 or even 30,000 people have been underpaid by, by 7-Eleven over the last... Um, Seems to go over twenty years. So you didn't go to court with them. No, no. So I, this is not. It's not a legal stoush. Well, sort of has legal implications, but it's not a legal stoush. It's more pressure. Yeah, it was. It was. It, I was talking <laughs> to them for three years, and I was ringing them up saying, "I've got all this evidence. I want to give it to you. That's happening everywhere." How did you dig up the evidence, Mike? Uh, a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of bloody hard work. How'd you get onto it though? Oh, I, I lived next door to a Seven Eleven, and this <laughs> this guy was. Um, he was just always there. And I, I would joke and I'd say, man, you must be bloody loaded. And uh, he said, oh, no, no, $12 an hour. And I said, what, even the weekend? And he said, oh, yeah, flat rate. And um, I said, surely that's not right. I don't know what you should be getting. And he says, I don't know what I should be getting. He, he was from India. And then um, so I got a bit annoyed and I wanted to investigate the owner. And 
then the staff member says, no, it's not this guy. It's the 7-Eleven model. It's their model and every store does it. That's how it works. Everybody knows this. I can't believe you're the first person to cotton on to something like that. <laughs> like... Well, I, I wasn't the first, but I was the first. That, um, like a lot of people want to engage in activism and, and solve problems, but very few people know how to go about it. Sure. What's your process? Well, I think it's, um, one, you need to identify what the problem is and give the company a fair opportunity to address it. Not A lot of people like to go, oh, I've got the bad guy now, I'm going to go expose him. But that's not, I don't think that's fair. I think the fair thing is to say, look, this is what we've discovered. You know, what do you got to say Natural about that? Natural justice. Everyone yeah. deserves a fair hearing. Yeah. Including then, the corporation. And then they bring their PR company in and deny everything and, you know, mm-hmm. try and sanitise everything and files go missing and all that and and play dumb. And, and um, I say, okay, well, if you want to play that way, um, we'll, we'll, we'll do it another way. We'll, we'll do it through the media. What are you trying to achieve, though? I mean, is this more, uh, is this a, a more of a... a philosophical position or is it as a business or what, what's the deal? Do you get paid or? No, I don't get paid, but um, not to say that I haven't made money out of, you know, helping people settle individual cases um, and, you know, they might have had um, like ANZ Bank or something like that, Mm. didn't pay their insurance claim and I helped them get a settlement and, and I took a percentage and... You know, and that helps fund my advocacy. So that's sort of how I survive. So you use the advocacy to build a brand, so to speak, yeah. you know, and then and then off the back of that, you commercialise it through tra- in a transactional sense. Yeah, that's your business model. Yeah, I've got like hundreds of people that I could I could probably generate um, you know millions and millions of dollars off the back of a, off a small percentage by settling their claims. But that's not my primary focus. My <laughs> primary focus is if I can survive, I, I like knowing that we can help all these people, like the, the 7-Eleven people. There's so many you people. No, no ambition to really make, you know, like, and I'm not saying ambition is the wrong word, but money isn't dri- driving you to do this. This is sort of like something that you feel morally inclined to do. Yeah, like yeah. I, well, I was bullied at school um, and I didn't, like, I didn't like that and I didn't like that corporations, they, they bully people in a way that often can't be identified because if you look at it in one email or a letter, the way the bank wrote the letter to them, it looks like it's fair and reasonable. But when you analyse the whole timeline of events by, you know, saying to the customer, oh, we rang you and you never answered your phone when they actually didn't and they do things to break the customer mentally. And it's not everybody. It's not everybody's always bad. Sometimes it's an accident. But... Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just think that oh, I've lost my point. <laughs> no, no, but what motivated you to start this in the beginning? You said it goes back to your own childhood, yeah. your own school days. And but and then I saw it in corporations. Like uh, I was having issues with Telstra, and people in my building were elderly people everywhere having trouble with Telstra too. And I was helping all these people. And so my very first public thing was having a crack at Tel- Telstra. And they did the usual corporate thing and shut down. And about 80 days into it, they flew executives to meet with me. And ever since then, we've been great. Any, any issue that comes along, they address it. It happens quietly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you can, you can, so you can say actually that it's not just, um, not just advocacy and or um, resolving litigation, but it's actually building a, a rapport with these organisations like yeah. Telstra. And they actually now, they probably benefit from it, from it to some extent. But to some extent, you have to actually bring it to their attention for the for for them to be, for them to, for Telstra to benefit from it. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of the time they are aware of it, but they're not motivated necessarily to. You know, it's kind of like if your tail lights out on the car, you may not be motivated until the policeman pulls you over for it. So I don't think they're deliberately doing something wrong, but every corporation has got something wrong with it. And a lot of the time, there's an attitude of um, one of the executives at Telstra was saying that he doesn't like how they always challenge not Telstra but just in general challenge data. When, when a problem's brought to executives, they often challenge the data instead of looking at the problem. And so what I try to do is encourage these executives to, you know, actually not think that you've got all the answers because they always say, oh, we've got all the professionals, Michael, we don't need you. Mm. We, we've all got it, we've got it sorted. And I say, well, why have I got 500 people ringing me up? Oh, they're just, um, you know, rogue people or people that have slipped through the cracks and, you know, but we've got it all sorted here. You don't, you don't need to worry about that. So are you at a point where the big organisation is actually asking you to consult to them? Um, there's, there's a little bit of chat going on with some. I think um, until someone like him, come, another person like him comes along and they'll ask for his consult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, would you would do it if yeah. you thought a corporation was fair income and uh, the real deal? 
Yeah, I think, and I think people like Telstra now are quite genuine. Oh, I, 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 from my point of view, Telstra, my experience with Telstra at the executive level, the people I, I talk to there, like, you know, Annie Bateman was head of marketing and uh, head of business and marketing there and uh, various other people, they are genuinely, genuinely trying to do the right thing at Telstra. Mm. I'm not here to pitch Telstra, but they, they are. Whether it happens all the way down the game because mm. it's so huge, things do fall between the cracks. I mean, I would have thought... Right from the CEO of those organisations, they actually should be probably considering engaging somebody like you just as a intelligence, not, I don't mean intellect, I mean intelligence on the ground, information. Mm. What are you hearing that we're not hearing? Yeah. Or what are you seeing that we are hearing but we're not paying attention to? I would have thought that stuff's really important. The, what should we do about this? Like you could be a bit of a moral compass for hire, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah. You know? The canary. The canary. <laughs> the what, canary in the morning. What, <laughs> I've got to get past that initial bit where they look at you as a troublemaker and they um, yeah. see you. They're scared of you. They're, they're, mm. they're very scared of engaging. Like 7-Eleven would not engage with me, and obviously because they were doing the wrong thing. So they were never going to engage. But now that they've um, discovered all the – Fraud and become aware of it, and mm. a new and a new administration is coming in. They're going yeah. to say it was, it was all there, the previous administration. Yeah. We've now got your help. We've now yeah, so I've employed. met with them since, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know whether that's genuine or not, I don't know. Mm. But it, you know they've been quite nice and helpful at this point. I and think and they know because. And the article that it said, you know, the CBA, the one that the Herald ran was, you know, after talking to you this morning because I asked you about it, it sounded fairly defamatory, right? Like, I mean, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff there that wasn't was actually hearsay and, and didn't actually. What, what, were this, what are we talking about, Nick? Well, so I <laughs> was one of the, I was one of the original, I was one of your original cases, right? Like there was, it was an issue that you had with CBA that led to them hiring some people to to look into you and. Um, yeah. I- I had um, people like Adam Hollyoke, who's ex-English cricket captain, a friend of mine, lost everything to the Commonwealth Bank and their Bank West scandal, which is a a Senate inquiry right now into that. Yeah, right. Which the bank claim, you know, that we never did anything wrong um, but can't answer the questions quite clearly in the Senate. Um, Just to be clear, so CBA bought Bank West during the GFC. Bank West had lent a lot of money to a lot of people. Yeah. And... Under their credit rules, when Bank West was not part of the CBA group, it was an independent group. Yeah, CBA came in, took Bank West, gave Bank West's licenses back. Bank West then worked under the CBA license. CBA's credit environment, or in other words, their credit criteria, their requirements as to borrowers, was different to what Bank West was, and a lot tougher. Mm. And then CBA started to apply their credit criteria against current customers who had taken loans out with Bank West, and started saying, "Give me the money back." Right. Mm. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, that's yeah, right. exactly right. And yeah. and they did it at a time when it was a GFC and they did it at a time when most of these borrowers would have no chance of refinancing with ANZ or NAB and actually paying Bankwest back. Mm. And and as a result of that, then Bankwest walked in and said, you're in, uh, CBA through, with Bankwest walked in and said to these people, you're in default because you haven't paid us the money back, we're going to sell all your assets. And they mm. sent them bankrupt. Yeah. That's and what it, happened. And what... My main issue is... That's is, the claim anyway. I don't know if that's... Yeah. But that's the claim. That's what that's I've been the, reading the about. essence of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what my main issue is, is with that was it's not so much that... What they did was probably legal and they were entitled to do, but the way they went about it, they just storm in. And if you... Like, I've got hundreds and hundreds of Commonwealth Bank customer records that I've followed for months and months and months. And the way they go about it when they think no one's watching versus when they think, a, you know, a politician's watching or an inquiry's going on is very different. I'm not saying that the whole culture of the Commonwealth Bank are corrupt or everyone's bad at the bank or anything like that, but there is behaviour patterns in certain teams that and, have And impact- during certain times too, by yeah. the way. Mm. Like during the GFC period, it was all about compliance mm. and it wasn't about selling. Mm. Today it's all about selling. We want your business. Mm. Then it was about, how oh, am I going to get the money back from this guy? Yeah. And you bring in a totally different person. You bring in a, a CFO-style bloke or a credit-style bloke as opposed to a sales-style guy and they've got totally different cultures and their objective is to get as much money back from the mm. borrowers as possible. Yeah. Especially during those tough times like GFC. The, then I get sued by this executive. Um, and But the, the papers wrote about it because the requests they were wanting was my hard drives and the, or the names of my whistleblowers and the bank were funding it. <coughs> And saying, oh, you know, we, we don't want anything to do with the, the files being requested, but we, we just want to get, get behind our employee. Yeah, because they don't want to they don't want to be part of it. It's bad for their brand. Yeah. So but, they've got someone else to do it. Yeah, so but um, you know, why would they want the names of the whistleblowers and 
those kinds of things. So when, since when, what's that got to do with defamation? Right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not. So the paper the did a big three-page, uh, three-quarter of a page um, article on it, and um, but anyway, that they they just started smashing us with legal documents, and I'm you're sure with big business. I mean, I guess that's part of the risk in your game. You're playing with big business; they're going to use all the big business techniques. Mm. Yeah, and but you're going to use all the um, advocacy techniques too against them. You know, you know what I learned. I learned that if you're going to do this work. You know, don't don't let emotions get the best. Because in the beginning, I, I was doing stupid things. Like I made a video saying, you know, to the executive who wouldn't call me, this is how you work a telephone, mate. You, my number's this. You dial it in, then you pick it up, and that's how you get a hold of me. And, you know, I did a thing like that. that was that point being a smartass yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 You know, but in the beginning, I wasn't anybody. No one knew who I was, and I, the bank didn't give a stuff about me. But because... Um, Everyone's going to know who you are now you're on this show, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we just made it. The power of the... I've on four corners there with the 7-Eleven <coughs> thing. Did, did that kind of solidify, did that kind of wrap things up for you when you were on, when the ABC went for it? Or was it already sorted, you'd exposed them prior to the four corners? No, no, I actually, I took it to, um, so I'd investigated 7-Eleven for three years, gave them every opportunity. I even gave them a, um, a forecast of what will happen if they didn't work with me. I said, well, I'm going to take it to the media. It'll get this many million viewers. It'll be really bad for you, blah, blah, blah. That's not what I want. If you choose that, then, you know, that's your own doing. But I want to have a private chat and share it all and we can do it all behind the scenes. They said no thanks. Mm. So I went to Adele Ferguson and... Um, At the Australian? Um, yeah. She's at Fairfax. Fairfax, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah she used to be at Australian, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so I told her all about what was going on and she was pretty shocked and she said, if you can prove that 600 stores doing fraud, you know, I'm very interested. And so then she took it to Four Corners because she'd just won a Walkley a Logie and a Gold Walkley for the last Commonwealth Bank story that she did with Four Corners a year before. Um, and so she took it to them and they said, oh, we want to do the 7-Eleven right away. Mm. So we did that and we broke it all and it was one of the biggest news stories this year. I'm um, just gone, won the Walkley. Mm. And, um, and uh, you know, and now it's created – the great thing that's come out of this is it's created a, a, an open dialogue about the issues that we have in the country about exploitation of people – um, you know, how the big rich guys at the top are sort of, you know, turning a blind eye to like uh, big companies like hotel chains, they bring in a contractor to bring in the labour and then they have that six degrees of separation, not our problem. Yeah, yeah, you know? we didn't know. Yeah, we gave them an ethical statement, you know, that you must be ethical and whatever. And, um, you and Batu- know. Added Batuta up in Batuta in our t- hometown. We call it the smother. <laughs> <laughs> but did, did you go after stuff? It's like, it's sort of like, eh, not. Uh, does it have to be? Le- did it have to cross legal boundaries for you to for you to get involved, or do, do you think do you also look at things that are just morally and ethically wrong by you know let's call it ninety percent of most Australian standards? You know, uh, for me mostly, I think it's always about what was like. I had the chat with the executives at Telstra in the beginning, and I yeah. said to them, "It's not about what's in a contract. It's about you know your contract might say you did everything right, but was it fair?" Yeah, sure. Or harsh and unconscionable contract, which is like that is a legal term. And when one party has a greater negotiating power, there is a concept of what is harsh and unconscionable. Mm. And you, you may not have had you, you may not have any opportunity to bargain with the organisation you're talking to because you're so small and they're so big. But you need their service no matter what, like getting on an aeroplane, for example. If there's only yeah. two airlines or one airline, mm. we all we, we all agree to a whole lot of terms when yeah, we get on the plane, to. but we, no one reads them. <laughs> mm. We don't, and they can tell us any terms they like. We'd have to agree to them because otherwise we don't agree. We don't get on the aeroplane, which means we don't get up to. We're not reading we're... twenty-four pages before we book a ticket to. <laughs> and even if you I don't did, care how long I'm sitting in the air terminal. <laughs> <laughs> and and even if you do, you're not going to say, "Oh, I just want to cross out that." And would you please initial it there for me? Because it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. So the, the point is, you're you're looking at what is harsh and unconscionable. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what, was it fair? It, were all these people like um, in the case of like the toll roads? I've got over a thousand people have come to me in the last three months from transurban, you know, toll roads in Australia, um, you know, claiming all kinds of uh, experiences that led to them having thousands in penalty fees. And um, and it's just growing so fast that I actually can't manage the amount of people coming in now. And, you know, uh, if you look at the law, they're probably doing everything legally, mm. but the law is set up to sort of make the customer fail as well. Like mm. a private company uses a 
the state as a debt collector and they just issue fines, uh, you know, toll fees willy-nilly without really checking anything properly. Mm. And then next thing you know, that like I said, that customer had 183 toll fines sent to him in two days um, from over a three-month period, had no knowledge of that, that his credit card wasn't being charged, that he personally updated on their system so they didn't communicate. On there and all that sort of stuff. Sorry, has he got late fees on there and all that sort of stuff as well? Uh, Seven hundred in tolls. Yeah, unpaid tolls. Four thousand two hundred and fifty in penalty fees, yeah, wow. uh, admin fees. Yeah. to send the letters. Yeah, and um, thirty thousand in toll fines. Wow, and no discussion. No discussion. It's not up for discussion. You know, you should have been a good boy and paid your tolls. Yeah, and he's like, well, I gave you my credit card. You've got my email, you've got my phone number, you've got my mailing address, you didn't contact me at all. And they say, oh, no, we did. Oh, can I have the records? Oh, no, we don't have them, but you need to trust us. We did. And that's pretty much like a common story. So that what's your business called? Oh, well, actually, I don't have a business, but I, I in the beginning I – Well, what's the name? Well, how I call myself you? the what arbitrator. What do you trade under, yeah? <laughs> the arbitrator. But how do people find you? Uh, um, uh, yeah, quite easily if you type the arbitrator. So – Good like, SEO there. You got the, you got the number one on there. I think. I'm in the yeah. arbitrator. Hey, hey, arbitrator, away. like in the old yellow page, you know, AAA arbitrator. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, and the reason I chose AA hey, arbitrator. Hey, yeah. You know, in the beginning, no, no one knew who I was, and not a lot of people know who I am now. But it, it was about creating. If you go on TV and you, you know, Michael Fraser, who remembers you? You know, and so I thought, let's have a bit of a media name and and because I was kind of coming in between the customers and the corporation and basically making the decision for them a lot of the time whether the corporation liked it or not by using media pressure if I thought it was fair, mm. um, uh, you know, not saying that my idea is always right, but I thought that kind of represents an arbitrator. So it's sort of, you know, a bit of a, a loose term, but, you know, it was a perfect title for me to get started. So you get close to like the... the well, it's not on television anymore, but the Today Tonight um, uh, chief of staff and the you know current affair runder, you know, like Grant Williams. Do you get you know the ABC Four Corners or Seven Thirty Report or whatever? Do you get is that part of your artillery getting close to these organisations? Fairfax, obviously. Yeah. Can you call Adele like, Ferguson? You have people that yeah that you can pick up the phone and, and talk to. Yeah, actually, um, because of the Commonwealth Bank spying uh, the funny thing is every time someone's tried to shut me down they've actually given me a platform yeah yeah like no one knew who i was until the bank spied on me then it was front page news yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone knew who i was and as the dumbest thing in the world like yeah, yeah. that's just that's <laughs> that's like gold getting that in like i've got a, a you know an ex-military spy or half a dozen ex-military spies it'd be great if you had a photograph of them trying to photograph you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> never a big long camera and you got your phone and, and you know, you know, one of the things the bank did to me, they're, they're, one of their senior executives wrote to me making all these allegations of things that I'd done. And they were all like, um, not specific, but one of them was posing as a minister of religion to conduct surveillance on the Commonwealth Bank. What? And he signed it. I've got the letter. <laughs> he signed it. And I, I, thought, I, I thought he must have written it late at night or something. I'm like, you seriously put your name on that? And he's like, oh, you or persons associated with you going to executives' houses, um, you or persons associated with you ringing um, executives up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is it me or is a person associated with me? And they go, as a result, we're shutting your bank accounts and we're banning you from every Commonwealth Bank property because you're such a dangerous individual. And I'm like, um, so we put the questions back to them through my lawyers and they never responded. You know, it's interesting. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know you very well. You could be a dangerous individual uh, for what I know. But, I mean, the, when, the maybe fact, when I'm cooking. The, the, the fact that someone gets out there, right, and rattles the cages a little bit, they, they get automatically branded you know, controversial, you know, yeah. it's like, I mean, I could, you know, if, if I believe what you're telling me, it sounds like you've got, you know, a bit of a, no, there's a noble pursuit behind what you're doing and you're just trying to sort of, you know, when, when, when the numbers reach critical mass for you and for, for me, it's probably even lower than some of the numbers you've already got from customers. Like you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of customers. I mean, for me, it'd be, have to be like, you know, it could even be less than a hundred, it'd be 50 people. When 50 people are, are done wrongly by a big corporation, that would be enough for me to sort of. To, 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 to ring to, the bell. Yeah, And exactly. then, by the way, it's very Australian. We, we yeah. talked about it earlier about the Australian sort of fabric. It's very Australian. Yeah. I mean, the Eureka stockades and all. Well, Aussies, yeah. you know, we've always rebelled against the unfairness of, of, of when, when, when authority has been used in an unfair way. Today in commercial worlds or the corporations' worlds, they actually assume authority. Mm. And, and in other words, you're beholden to them. Mm. We are beholden to their 
created authority, their assumption of authority. And it's nearly like you, you haven't done something, therefore you're a naughty boy. Mm. When in actual fact, we never agreed to do this in the first place and, and nor did society generally. And it just seems to me you're sort of onto something, but it's also on unpopular. Mm. It's not you, set up you, to protect themselves with the law either. 100%. I mean, like, they, like, you know, A, you're not going to read a contract. B, you're not going to contest the contract even if you did read it because you haven't got the funds to redraft it or get legal advice or blah, blah, blah. And you can't do that over and over. Every time you make a transaction, like no, nobody could afford to do that on every transaction they make. You know, it's just ridiculous. Well, especially with e-commerce today, yeah. it's even the ad redress, the redress of e-commerce transactions is really difficult yeah. because they don't even know where these people are, the vendors. Yeah. Um, I, I think consumer protection is going to become a big industry mm. again. I remember 15, 20 years ago, consumer advocacy was a big deal in this country. There was, and everybody was always talking about consumer advocacy. What's interesting is it sort of dropped off. You don't hear about consumer advocacy anymore. You don't, you know, um, I mean, there's a few law firms who do these class actions, um, but they're not really advocates, to, so to speak. They're more legal environments trying to, you know, make a, get a big earn out of a big, out of a big uh, settlement, a big case. But just advocacy per se, even advers- uh, consumer protection laws, uh, I don't even hear about them much anymore. Uh, is that, is that, uh, would that be right to say? I mean, we just, because the government used to always talk about consumer protection laws. Mm. I remember it. I remember it well. Hockey was, who we had in a couple weeks ago, hockey was a big um, believer in consumer protection laws. In fact, I did an e-commerce inquiry. I chaired an e-commerce inquiry for him for the protection of consumers in e-commerce. And that was back in 2001. But we rarely hear about consumer protection today. Is, yeah. that, is that real? Yeah, I, I think um, when you look around, like there's nobody doing exactly what I'm doing. I'm not saying there's not people helping because there's so many people with noble causes out there, but there's, um, there's very little help in the, in, the, in the space that I'm in. And simple things people don't realise, such as the moment you get into trouble with any company, I say don't do anything unless it's in writing. Don't take their phone call because... That's where they promise you something on the phone and you wind down, pull your complaint back from the ombudsman and then they say, no, we wouldn't have said that. And then you try to put it back to the ombudsman and they say, well, mate, what is it? Are you upset? Are you not upset? You sound like you're a bit fickle. No, thanks. So putting things in writing, always being polite and focusing on the issue, not like demanding to get paid but asking questions. You know, why did you say this document's not available? I need this document to be able to, you know, present my case to your complaints team. Why can't I have it? What's in it? Have you listened to this, Alexis? So that's, that's what is big for me. And what <clears> I find is that's normally what gets people paid. When I settle, in, in the last six months, I've settled two million in claims for people um, on the side. And on the side. Yeah, it was a, uh, yeah, that just means you don't go to sleep at night. That's how you get it done. Um, <laughs> but... It's very, very interesting. When you ask those questions and you're cool and you put it all in writing, <laughs> we had one, not more than one, one come back and say um, no answers to the questions, no documents, no completion of claim, just paid it. Oh, that money's gone into Send your account. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's gone into you your bank get, account yeah, today. Let them go. We want them to go away. Yeah, yep, yep. you know, so you start <laughs> probing because a lot of the time, if you're on the right and you start asking questions because <laughs> you've, got to get, you've got to get the staff member on the record saying that document can't be provided, then you've got to get the manager on the record being aware of that. Once the senior management are aware, once it's on the record that they won't give you what you need to make your decision or to go forward, mm. that's when they realise, oh, if this gets out, we're going to look bad because we all knew about it. So let's just close this one down. Mm. And then the whistleblowers will ring me up and say, mate, this approach is working because they're very worried about you know, this approach within this organisation. How, how often do you get people ringing you from finding out that, that you got, you're, you're chasing something down a hole? How, how often do you get the whistleblowers? I mean, is it, like, prevalent? Like, oh, probably one a month or something. Serious? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Especially the huge organisation. I guess that's, yeah, so probably, you know. Disgruntled like, people. Disgruntled, yeah, exactly. No loyalty to those, Mark. <laughs> no, no loyalty today. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of... catch anyone at YBR. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, this, you know, and I this or year at war with Elton John the business. I mean, he, he's no lord. He's David like, Furnish. He was the one that lifted the lid on the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, this year, what I really want to get out there is encouraging people because um, a lot of people have said to me, "Oh, I want to make a change, but I don't think I can do it." And I think that if it wasn't for that one employee at Seven Eleven helping me, 
investigate that matter, we never would have got all those people the help they needed. So I really want to encourage people this year that one person can start something. Mm. They don't necessarily, they can't do it on their own, but they can start something. And I want to encourage sort of everyone to start one thing, mm. however big or small, every year. Yeah, that's a good motivation. Will, will you keep going? Is this like a life calling for you? Oh, yeah. I've never been so happy. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, You're loving it. Just yeah, squaring up all those blokes and putting shit on you yeah, when you're yeah, young. Yeah. Yeah, a, one day you'll come across today. the desk of a bully from high school, I'm sure. I, I enjoy <laughs> I, I enjoy the, the – I've first, I only recently had negative media and it was quite interesting and mm. went and bought all the papers and I'm going to frame them. And <laughs> you're going to get negative media, but that's actually good too. That actually builds awareness for you. I'm going to get in trouble for like today, bought, I think. <laughs> I feel like you're biting off more than you can chew. I mean, in, in the first half hour of you being here, we heard about Govia, Combank, 7-Eleven. <laughs> Um, big, and big and dogs. those other ones yeah. on the side, like and spies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You don't yeah. want to be agitating yeah. the guys that can Military. slit your throat when you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> do you um? Do you, do you ever feel like you're going to be like, okay, now I've got four, five different industries coming at me, trying to shut me down? Well, do you think you could get to that? Like point? get overwhelmed? Yeah, well, yeah. You know what? I actually make the joke that the 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 company should get the spies to use the you know like the the bus to come to work. They can all come together. The Seven Eleven spies and all that. They can ride the bus together to my house and make it efficient because, you know, I think all these corporations are going to start sending people out to watch me, and it's just so silly. They they spend so much time trying to cover everything up. Yeah. But all it does is make me interested. Why are they trying to cover that? I wasn't interested in that yeah. before, but now I'm really interested in that. Thank you. It's just um, it's quite bizarre. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I could bite off too much. My father's very concerned that um, you know, the bank will send a van one day and tranquilise me. Uh, <laughs> you go missing. Yeah. I said, you know what, Dad? I'll probably get shot at. They'll hit me in the arm, and they'll probably give me more press and help me some more, and then we'll find out they did it, and it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Michael, I, I, I thank you for coming in and uh, actually you could take a lot of courage to do what you do. Um, stupidity? Well, no, I don't think – well, there's there's a fine line between courage and stupidity, but I think you sit sort of right in the middle of it all and uh, mm. and I actually think it does – I think you're more courageous than stupid and uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's it can be extremely rewarding if you win it, but I reckon it must be a, 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 a massive drain on you during that period between taking it on and winning. I mean, even though you get energised, it must be it would be a tough environment. I'd say it'd be a pretty lonely environment, to be frank with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a scary environment. And also you've got to try and make a living out of it as well. Um, you're giving a lot of energy, your energy, and, uh, you know, some you win, some you lose, and you are taking on behemoths, behemoths, you know, massive organisations in this country, particularly when it comes to banks or insurance companies or whatever. You know, you've we're talking big, about some... big balls, dude. Yeah, big, me, big balls. Big balls. <laughs> and uh, so good luck. Um, and, and as you say, too, I want to be clear. I, I want to be clear. Actually, it was, like, what, was, what was the size of the box that... Uh, yeah. Probably you got, you got a, this. yeah, you've got a, a Chris Gale size box. <laughs> but but, uh, but I, I but I will say this too, and I think it's, I think it's just to have in, this, in, the, in the sort of interest of um, even-handedness, some of the big corporations probably don't um, do or create these breaches on purpose. Mm. And, uh, and I think that uh, my experience with some of the corporations you spoke about, um, they're actually quite happy to um, uh, rectify these things if, they can, if you can get to the right individuals within the corporation to fix these things. So I think you're doing a, it's a, you're doing a good job, you're a great job you're, um, and you're doing something that's very important for consumers in this country and it's not something that I think is something governments have probably neglected a little bit and I think it would be good to see the governments get on your side and help you out and I get, wish you all the best yeah. for 16. I'd like to hear, I mean, it'd be great if we could hear some stories again that in a year's time from you as to, you know, what you uncovered and, uh, and I know the journalists love you because there's been lots of Walkley Awards won as off the back of uh, what you're doing and... Uh, Brilliant. Good work. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Looking forward, this is the week ahead. So I didn't think we'd get there, but we've, we've managed, as always, we go over time, but going over time has, has worked in our favour this week. So uh, the two-part po- podcast concludes. Just again, thank the guys from Batuta for hanging around for the second part of the podcast. Uh, Michael Fraser for, um, you know, regaling us with some cracking stories of um, corporate injustices. Um, and Alexis for um, for talking to us about Mad Paws, a, uh, a, f- a fledgling business that I'm sure will will grow, um, you know, in huge magnitude over the next twelve months. So one of my top picks. Yeah, one absolutely. of my top picks. 
get in, get into it, guys. Whoever's got a pet out there, you know, it sounds like the the rational alternative to putting your, to, you know, to spending a fortune and putting your your dog in a in a in a cage next to twenty others in a kennel somewhere. So, I mean, yeah. you should do one for kids. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Have a good one. Bye bye. This has been the Mark Boris podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris. And find out more at markboris.com.au. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.